0: was on the doorstep of COP26 taking place here and it was clear that it is an emergency but there was a real impetus of anxiety across all of the members that were attending to really make things happen and Scottish government was absolutely behind that and came up with a number of statements that were really quite ambitious.
1: Hey Space Watchers, this is Space Café Radio on tour in Scotland, your channel about trends, great people and awesome conferences. My guest is Dr. Hina Khan, the new executive director of Space Scotland. And we met on her sixth day on duty and talked about the space ecosystem, the excitement and the challenges, the support of the government and so much more. I'm Torsten, publisher of Spacewatch.global. That is also the first episode from my road trip through scotland where i met with a number of people from the sector to get an insight what's going on in the country enjoy our conversation congratulations first of all for this new position you're in to this new created position we have to say as well can you tell us a bit more what space scotland is
0: yes thank you very much for inviting me here today space scotland has been an organization which has been In play for a number of years and it started off as a collection of really interested individuals from leading space companies, organisations and sectors who were really wanting to see how do we push forward what space looks like in Scotland. So it started with a handful of leading individuals within the sector but then quickly grew as the sector grew to bring together all of the different players from satellite technology, launch programs, the data analytics, the universities, to really look at how do we move forward what space looks like. And it's a community of these individuals rather than any sort of membership, per se, financially motivated. And the reason for that is because we're all really keen to do what's best for Scotland rather than any individual organisation. The growth of the sector within Scotland is really valued by that get that activity. And so Space Scotland is today organized with a chairperson, leads the kind of body. But we also have uh, around 60 members within the remit. And they come from a variety of different organizations, from large companies that have been established within Scotland for a number of years, to new startups who are really interested to find out how space is being used in Scotland and how they can add value.
1: Is that exclusive for space companies or are you open at
0: so it's primarily for space companies. What we have is we have engagement with their development agencies, so Scottish development agencies, Scottish government, but also broader across the UK, UK Space Agency, Caxpold also input into our meetings, but that's mainly for visibility so that we can hear what's happening across the UK because we want to ensure that everything that's happening in Scotland is then the benefit and adding value across the whole of the UK space environment, but also so that those entities can also see how space is slightly differently viewed in Scotland and where there are priorities which they might want to try and support or add value into.
1: Last week, during the St. Andrew's Day celebration in Berlin, I had the chance to speak to Agnes Robertson, the Scottish minister responsible for culture, and it seems that even he was super interested in space. Is the government at large interested and supportive about the space sector here?
0: Yes, absolutely, and that's one of the things that has led to the creation of my position as executive director. Notes because what's happened is the sector, the industry, and academics who were pulling together and trying to band an ecosystem, which has grown organically over the last ten to fifteen years in Scotland. The only real way to make that visible is to engage directly with with governments through the development agencies such as Scottish Enterprise, Helens and Islands Enterprise, and the South of Scotland Enterprise Agencies. And what that allows is it. You can have those discussions at government level because then they become aware of where there's value add. That then drives some of their initiatives as well. We were very interested to make sure that space was considered a national priority. And I'm pleased to say that last year we launched the first Scottish Space Strategy in partnership with government, endorsed through industry and the Space Scotland body. And so that's really demonstrating the input that government have and the perception that they can see that. The perception which is clear that space is of a value within Scotland, which is different from other sectors. So traditionally, you would think of Scotland as things to do with food and drink, with tourism, uh, fisheries, even marine ecology. But actually, space is also one of these sectors which is significantly different within Scotland that really makes it.
1: Can you give us an overview of how big space is in the Scottish ecosystem?
0: So yeah, so there's been a number of studies that have been done across this over the last few years, across the whole of the UK. And what it shows is that of across the whole of the UK, the kind of economic value of space that's UK driven, there's a significant portion of that is coming from Scotland, both in personnel and also in resource. There's around 8,000 jobs in Scotland which are attributed to the space sector, and that accounts for around a fifth of all jobs in the sector across the UK. What we also see is that the growth within the sector within the UK is predominantly here within Scotland. So there's a larger driver in, in growth within the Scottish industry for space than there is relative to across the whole of the UK. And so when we look at the 140 odd companies which are based in, and operate out of Scotland, you can see that proportionally there's a higher input into the UK space economy from Scotland than comparatively other segments across the UK. That's really kind of illustrative of the nature of the companies within Scotland because we have technology companies who are building satellites. We also have launch providers who are building rockets, spaceports from which you will launch, but also the analytics, the data science, the marketing, the, the supporting industries which leverage what those space assets can deliver. And Space Scotland represents all of that. And my role as ED is really is to pull that together, make it in a form which is externally visible, but also then target where Scottish government is looking to drive their targets of economic growth from sustainability, net zero and diversity and looking at skills. And how do we within the space sector address those challenges that they're trying to understand? And that's again where that partnership comes in.
1: For me, it's not clear what Space Scotland is aiming for. Space is established. Space had its legs in Scotland and in the UK and worldwide, as we know, but What are you aiming now?
0: So I think it's we're still at the beginning of this. I think it's becoming. You're right. It's becoming more visible, and the more I speak to, and the more of the ministers, as you mentioned, even those that are not within directly involved in space, when they go and they speak to people, there is an understanding that space is something happening in Scotland, and so we are starting to see that. And my role really now is to take it to the next level. How do we make space Scotland the place to go in order to set up a space business? How do we make Scotland the leader in Looking at space sustainability, how do we make sure that the drivers that we have in place for space are not negatively impacting our planet as a whole, but also adding it into the application of climate response and net zero. So we always talk about space as being an enabler of data and how that can be used in terms of climate resource. But actually, we also need to make sure that the sector itself is not negatively impacting. And that's something that both Scottish Government and Space Scotland have been driving very heavily on. At the Space Tech Expo in Bremen, we launched the first Space Sustainability Roadmap, which is a roadmap, exactly what it says, as a pathway of how do you become more sustainable within the sector. So all of these things are really important. And my role is really to take it up that notch, saying, OK, we have these things and we've started this activity. We need to now make this both broad across the UK... We also need to inform those sectors who can use this information and also get space companies on board to be able to carry forward these initiatives. There's still a lot of young companies within Scotland. Companies have only been around for a few years and have are very much the S of the SME variety. And so they need support in order to do these things. So whilst they have the ambition to become leading organisations and want to be sustainable and equality and have the relevant skills that they need in a diverse environment... It's not as straightforward as that when you're trying to build a business. And so my role is to really support that, to recognise that, and then to work with agencies, governments, funding opportunities, ESA, the likes of UK Space Agency, to resource some of this. To actually draw in financial support as needed, but also overall visibility that these are organisations that can support what the overall aims are for the sector.
1: So when a young company has an idea, want to enter the space sector, they can knock on your door and you take them by the hand and guide them through the jungle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And just provide them with the knowledge that they need in order to equip them. I'm not there to obviously write their business plan, but I am absolutely there to help them Say, look, these are the places that you can go for support if you need extra support. This is; These are companies that have gone through this pathway. How do we support you through that? But also make them visible if they're doing something really innovative and exciting and I have visibility of that in a, on a national scale, then making sure that connection is made so that then that asset, that they are valued within that ecosystem.
1: You mentioned the Scottish Sustainability Roadmap recently announced. And as we are sitting here, literally across the venue where COP26 happened, what happened within this year in terms of space, sustainability, climate change, climate actions?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, as you see, I was on the doorstep of COP26 taking place here, and it was clear that there's an emergency, but there was a real impetus of anxiety across all of the members that were attending to really make things happen. And Scottish government was absolutely behind that and came up with a number of statements that were really quite ambitious, quite leading in what they were trying to achieve to become net zero within a very short period of time, much shorter than other nations had suggested. And so when we were writing the strategy with industry and government, we wanted to make sure that was primary within our offering as well. And like I said, space has always been viewed or has been viewed as very much as an enabler of how you can tackle climate change, which is great. And absolutely, and I totally advocate for that. However, we also need to make sure that we are not impacting in a way which is damaging. And when we talk about now launch at spaceports and rockets, how do we make sure that is not going to cause a negative impact? And so our spaceports across the UK are really working very closely with environmental agencies, with local communities using green fuel systems, making sure that any infrastructure that is built is embedded within the landscape so it's not providing any untoward structures which are going to be either an eyesore or impact the the wildlife across these areas. Because remember, spaceports are generally in areas which are remote. And so we need to be really careful with that. So there's been a lot of work done in the north of Scotland and Shetland and the north coast where we have taken those things into account but also now working in tandem with companies who, organizations who understand how to become, reduce your carbon footprint, mm-hmm. become a greener supplier, have a green supply chain, and actually look at what companies' outputs are. Not just in terms of where they procure parts from, but the companies as a whole. And we put it in the strategy as something important to do. The challenge is, how do we do this? How do we support companies? Because I think you do need to support organizations. I don't think it's as simple as say, you must do this. If you don't, A, B, and C will happen as a sanction. You don't want that conversation. You want to support companies through this. And that's what the roadmap looks to deliver on, giving that pathway and elements of understanding that you need to go through.
1: I think that if we start putting sanctions up when the aim is to preserve our planet, then something is wrong with us. Yeah. But it's just a signal from me. It sounds that we have here in Scotland a space garden that is full and blossom and shiny and great. What are the hurdles?
0: Are, um, they, are there any? Oh, no, there definitely are. There, there definitely are. I think, yeah, I mean, I, we, obviously I'm here to, to highlight all the positives that are happening and there are amazing things. I head up a, an all-female t- team now within Space Scotland, which is great in terms of the executive team and uh, resources I have, which is fantastic. But there are definitely hurdles. As I said, you know, it's still quite a young ecosystem that we have Mm -hmm. here. And so we need to understand the diverse companies we have within this this environment. We have large companies relatively, but we also have much smaller and they have different issues and challenges and, and different needs as well as concerns. And so we need to be keep mindful of all of those. We're not just here to listen to those people who are shouting loudest. We also need to make sure that. But also there's still a perception of how do we make space for everyone? know, I mean, How do we make it so that it is in everybody's mind? There's still a huge challenge in terms of skills, in terms of our young people who feel that this is not an environment that they can penetrate, approach or find a career in. And not just that, but even just a long-term career. So some people might come in and say, oh yeah, space is really great, I'm going to go and do that for a little bit. They don't really consider it as a life career pathway in the same way that you would with other types of oil and gas or food and drink or other types of industry professionalisms. And so we need to try and change that perception. But also we need to think beyond the engineering sphere. Space is far more than just engineering. I have a science background. And I work with engineers, but I also work with financiers and marketing and legal professionals and all of the whole remit of what takes a business to move forward. And so we need to include all of that within our thinking and when we engage with our young people to try and ensure that they have the equipment and the knowledge, but also the skills to drive that forward. So that's a really big piece within Space Scotland and what I'm looking to do with government, because skills is a huge challenge for them with it on their agenda. And trying to make sure that space is one of the pathways that they can they can develop. Further.
1: Are you a scientist that's turning into a politician now?
0: <laughs> you know, I've spent my entire life staying away from politics. I am not a politician. I
1: <laughs> would say that this position is it gives you this opportunity to stay away from the politics.
0: I will stay away as much. Maybe as I'm I. wrong. Yes, maybe I am as well. I think I will definitely try and stay political in this. I think the, what I'm here to do is really drive what I see as the value for Scotland and how space can really can demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. Politics in this circumstance will be led through other people and I will engage with whoever is needed in order to drive forward what is of value to Scotland. Scotland over the decades has always been a country and a nation which has pioneered at the forefront of technology, of innovation, of science, of discovery. And this is just the same. Here we're again pushing the boundary of something which we do inherently. We have the entrepreneurial spark, which really drives innovation. What I'm looking to do is take that forward and say, space is also in this sphere. And space is also something that as Scotland, we should value and we should champion because we can, and we have the opportunity to do this. In Scotland, there is the complete capability to think and design a satellite and then launch and take data off from the operating platform and then apply it in a way which is allowing our fisheries and agriculture and energy organisations to drive their value, which is providing information for everybody. It's actually making a difference in people's lives.
1: As this entire sector is growing globally, as you mentioned, also in, in Scotland here, large scale, one challenge comes with that and it's the hunt for talents worldwide. How do you manage that or what is your secret?
0: So I don't think there is a secret and I challenge anybody to say that they're not having an issue with talent, both retention as well as attracting new talent. I think everybody recognises that we need to think about this very carefully. I think one of the solutions, again, as I said, is to work from source. So where we have our young people in Scotland and and elsewhere, I think it's true. But obviously, we can influence the educational system in Scotland much more so than elsewhere. But it's to highlight how different opportunities can lead you into pathways that would be relevant within the set. Like I said, traditionally, people will think, oh, I don't do science, so I'm not going to do anything in space. But actually, if you can tell effective stories and you can translate technical detail into something which is more manageable and meaningful, then that's absolutely something that is really important. But also things like computational data science. Traditionally, our data scientists and computational physics computer scientists have gone to financial banking and the kind of consultancy companies, because again, that's where they see the only path for them to go. But equally well, those are assets and those are skills that we need Mm -hmm. within our sector. But I think it's more than finance. I think it's something about visibility. They don't know that there's avenues to explore within a space company. But then when we look at how satellite constellations are constructed, it's a network analysis, it's configuration of 3D frameworks, which is exactly what computer scientists, gamers, these sorts of people adept at doing. So it's, it's providing that visibility. On a global scale, I think we have to work internationally and a lot of our universities have international campuses, which I think is really good, Uh, and our ministers who have global reach as well. Also across the UK, and it will be remiss of me not to mention that the UK Space Institute is also doing a huge amount of work in terms of skills and how we make sure that relationship is partnered as well. Because there are different priorities that we'll be looking at, so it's not necessarily that we're all trying to get the same people. There will be some of that. But I think you need to give people the choice to be able to do things. The last thing I'll mention on the skills side is from a company perspective, so in the companies themselves. They need to start thinking a little bit more as terms of what employees are looking for. COVID has shown us that there's now a variety of ways that you can work. There's a variety of ways that you can interact. Not all are going to be suitable within a particular job spec. But we have to be open as an industry. We have to be open to the diversity, the way people want to balance their life and their work. I think we need to move away a little bit from, oh, you must be in the office this time and for this maybe. I think there absolutely is a need for having in-person. But I think we need to be flexible in how that works. And COVID has definitely taught us that to be more mindful. So,
1: As a good German, I would say, let's put butter by the fish now. How will your first hundred days, or the remaining 95 (laughs) days look like?
0: So one of the things that I really, and I work very closely with, so the industry body is obviously made up of a number of organisations with our chairperson leading on that activity. What I want to do is really get out and meet the lots of people. Obviously, I've been in the sector for a long time, but it's evolving so quickly. Even I haven't seen the variety or the diversity of companies. Who are they? And really get a feel from them and understand from them, what are their priorities? How do they see the sector moving? Because ultimately, we don't want to do something in Scotland which hinders the growth of the companies and the growth of different capabilities that we're looking to achieve. We want to do that in partnership. So we need to listen to what's happening on the ground. And one of the things I'm also doing is working very closely with the UK Space Agency, because again, it has to be that partnership. And I'm not here to undo any of their work and absolutely the strategies that we have really hand in glove together, fit nicely and need to be driven together. need to move forward in that way. Working very closely with the UK space agency, BASE uh, as well. Again, and finding the when we have when I've got that kind of understanding, really then saying, right, within these areas, how do we drive forward the key priorities? So within the Scottish Space Strategy, there are six pathways. I'll get them wrong if I try and identify them. But sustainability is one, Skills diversity is another, manufacturing, launch, six. So how do we take those strands which have been identified and how do we now deliver How do we implement work pathways that will actually demonstrate value? And that's where I need to talk to the actual industry, but also work very closely with governments to say, We. this is the resourcing structure that we need, this is the operational plan that we have in place, and this is how we're going to deliver on these. So getting that framework in place, I think, is really important. And that's something that I'll work closely with the Chair of Space Scotland to make sure that it recognises the inputs that the industry body have.
1: Thank you very much for your time and good luck for the new position.
0: Thank you very much.
1: And if you want to stay on the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a space watcher. I'm Thorsten Greening, publisher at spacewatch.global. Your independent perspective on space.